here's the deal because we start and we we start with the lights on we do an upbeat song kind of and then we do greeting and then we the lights go down low and then the next time the lights are up is when i preach and then i go where'd all these people come from it's like magic just they just appeared out of nowhere god transported them right here sat them down you know what i love about this church is that we're a worshiping church so I want to talk about worship this morning. I really want to teach about worship because this was on my heart. Uh, I'm still in the series, and I'll be in the series until we leave for Israel. When we come back, I'm sure it'll be something totally different because, I mean, I'm going to Israel. We're going to Israel. We're going to, the, we're going to Jesus' hometown, okay? <laughs> we're going to go to the sea. I'm going to try to walk on water. I don't know. The Dead Sea, I think you might can because you can't sink in it. And But Paul didn't walk on the Dead Sea. He walked on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. It's actually two weeks from tomorrow that we will be heading. We'll be flying into uh, to Paris and, and then from Paris to Tel Aviv, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And I'm telling you, we need your prayers, and we, we just covet your prayers. Uh, I believe that it's going to be one of the safest journeys that we can ever take. I think it's safer than going to Chicago. So... <laughs> or Dallas, or any other big city in America. But we are looking forward to it. But did you, ever, when you, did you ever wonder why we do actually worship God? Did you ever just question why you come into most buildings that are meeting today across this world? They come in today, and if it's a Christian church, they come in, and what do they do? They sing. Did you ever wonder why we do that? Is it ever just kind of, or do you just take it for granted? That's what we do. Because I've, I always ask those questions. So why do we worship? Why do we? Because before you can really worship, you got to know why why you worship and who you worship. And so I began to ask myself, Harold, why do you worship? Well, I bow before and I exalt the one who saved me, the one who redeemed me, the one who restored me, the one who brought me from death to life, from darkness to light. That's why I worship God. That's why I love to worship God. And I believe that this is a worshiping church. I believe that we do worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. But I want us to look at that a little bit in a little bit more in depth this morning about this thing we call worship. Again, the word worship in the Old Testament, the New Testament, it's pretty much the same thing. And it means to bow. It means to prostrate yourself before. It means to, it means to kiss the ring. You have, have you ever seen those movies where they come up and they kiss the ring? You know, that's what they do with the Pope. They come in and kiss his, his hand. And that's a form of worship. So I don't want you to come kiss my hand. Because you're not worshiping me. I'm not worshiping me. I'm, we're not worshiping church. We're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who we worship. We don't worship any idols. Or we shouldn't worship any idols. And so this morning, when you've come in this morning, I pray that you have come with a heart to worship the Lord. All day long and every day we're supposed to worship Him. But there's something special about corporate worship. It is designed by God. Did you know that Jesus taught us to worship? He called us to bow before the Father. I love what, and I'm going to use some of the quotes from the video that you just saw. I love what Matt Redmond wrote. He said, worship can never be a performance, but an overflow of your heart. Listen, if it ever becomes a performance for anybody up here, I will tell them to step down. I will tell them you need to go and examine and get, get right with the Lord because this is not a performance. It's an overflow of our heart. And when it overflows out of our heart, it kind of spills out onto y'all. Do you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you come and your overflow spills out on us. 
Man, I, I catch it sometimes. I catch the wave of the overflow of, of the glory of God when he just begins to spill out of you. And, and I see the Kleenex come out. And I see, I see the tears because Holy Spirit's here. And I know in his presence, listen, we change. So that's what I want us to focus on this morning is what is this thing called co- this corporate worship? You know, Jesus taught us to worship when he, after he was baptized in the Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him and his father declared who he was. He said, this is my son. I am well pleased with him. The Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness and he confronted Satan. And listen to what, when, when Satan offered him, he said, listen, if you'll worship me, look at Luke 4, 7. Therefore, if you will worship me, this is, uh, all will be yours. He said, he said, Satan said this to Jesus. If you will just bow down and worship me, all this will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me satan for it is written for it is written for it is written that you shall worship the lord your god and him only you shall serve and i'm telling you when he said that to 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 satan i'm thinking that had to be an awkward moment for satan it had to be a real awkward moment because he was one of the lead angels that rebelled against God and was kicked out of heaven. He used to worship God 24-7, which there was no time, but he worshiped God continually. Some say he was the worship leader, but I, you know, I studied that. I couldn't find scripture to really verify that. I think that's a stretch for saying that he was the, the most glorified singer in heaven and that he was a worship leader. If you believe that, that's okay, too. I believed it before, too. But I just began to study. I thought, show me some scriptures that verify that, and I couldn't really, it wasn't concrete enough for me, okay? But I do know this. He was one of the lead angels. And I do know what angels were to do. And they were, they were sent. They were, God created angels to worship him. And so Jesus said, listen, Satan, because Jesus created him. Jesus is the created. He created. He created the earth. Did you know that? And so he's speaking to the one that says, if you bow before me, I'll give you everything. Listen, that had to be awkward for Satan to even to say that because he knew where he had come from. He knew who he used to worship. And he worshiped God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit no more. And Jesus said, you, need, you, just, you just need to get out. Get behind me, Satan. It is written that we should worship the Lord, our God, and him only. And so as I was praying about what did Jesus do, what am I supposed to preach on this morning? I woke up early when God woke me up. I know, I know, it's when, I know he wakes me up when I have a thought when I wake up, and it's a really God thought. Okay, sometimes I wake up and I go, oh, no, why am I awake, you know? Uh, there was a noise or something or, I, just, you know, whatever. But I woke up early one morning. I think it was Tuesday or something. And, and I just heard the word. It was like 2, 2.20 or something in the morning. It's a great time to wake up, right? And I heard the word worship, just the word worship. And I thought, okay, Lord, I've been asking. I hear the word worship. I'm going back to sleep now. <laughs> and I did. I went back to sleep. Got up about 5. He woke me up about 5.30. And I got up and... My custom is if I get up like at 5, if I make it to 5 or 5.30, I get up and I light the fireplace. I'm still lighting the fireplace, I'm, I know. And, and, I, and, I, and I got the word out, and, and God reminded me that I've been preaching from Luke chapter 24 the last few weeks, right? But I did finish Luke 24 last week. You know, we talked about the death, the burial, the resurrection, and he revealed himself to everybody. He, I preached on the Emmaus Road last week, but I, for, I didn't complete Luke 24. So I'm going to complete it this morning. And this is where God led me in scriptures that morning. Therefore, verse 7, no, excuse me, Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Who's the promise? Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Dunamis. 
You need to go to Jerusalem. You need to wait for the power to come upon you, okay? And he led them out as far as Bethany. And, man, this is one of my, this has got to be one of the coolest things that ever happened. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Oh, can you imagine that? He blessed them. Did you know if he blessed them, he blesses us? He sends blessings to us. He lifts up his hands this morning. He says, I bless you, Carol. I bless you, James. I bless you, Michael. He wants us. He, you know what? When God blesses us, you know what he wants out of us? He wants our eternal, the, the eternal destiny. He is designed for us to play out in our life. He blesses us with destiny. He blesses us with hope. He blesses us with the peace that passes understanding. He blesses us with health. He blesses us with every spiritual blessing, the Bible says. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them. Listen, while he's blessing them. We don't know, know exactly what he said here. That he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. I've seen the I've seen the movies, but I think it had to be. I mean, I know I know they can do graphic and special effects and all that. And and actually, the the, the risen had a pretty cool one. It was almost like an explosion. I, I don't think it was that way, but he just started going up as he's blessing them. You see, God created gravity, and He can defy gravity. <laughs> he, he defied gravity. He's an overcomer. And so he knew that, you know, he came in a certain way. He was going to go back in a certain way. And he said, I'm going to come back again in the same way. He's coming back the same way as he went up. He's coming back down. Amen. That's the good kind of gravity. So I want us to focus on verses 52 and 53, because I know they're in all right then. I mean, I would have my job. They would, you know, they'd have to come back and shut my mouth because I'm going, I would have been speechless. I think they were kind of speechless. And they, listen, and they what? And they worshipped him. Say worship. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with what kind of joy? Great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So be it. Okay? So this is what I want, to, I want us to look at worship this morning. Why do we worship Jesus? Because I know that we, I've taught on it before about worship. Jeff's taught on worship. Many of you have been to conferences on worship. And we talk about worship being a, a lifestyle. It's not just what you do on Sunday morning, right? It's not just what you do on Wednesday night. It's not just what you do in life groups. It is a 24-7 kind of a, a experience in your life. But there's something about corporate worship that's different than personal worship. There's more of you, <laughs> right? Here's what I think. I believe that corporate worship is really an extension of your personal worship life. You hear what I'm saying? I believe that corporate worship is an extension of your personal worship life. If you don't worship God during the week, you're probably not going to worship him on Sunday morning. If you're not in tune with God during the week and you show up on Sunday morning, you know what you're listening, you know what you're looking for? A good song. You're listen, you're looking for a good upbeat song to wake you up first, and then you were looking for something emotional to get you in, into the mood, and then you, that's what that's why we do, that's why churches 
Even we do. We have lights. We have colored lights. That's why church, some churches have smoke. You know, we haven't done that yet. I don't know if the youth do that. Some have strobes. Some, they, they have all sorts of graphics on the screen. And people, you know why? Because they have to engage them some way. But if you have already dynamically worshipped Jesus throughout the week, you don't have to have that motivation when you come to the house of God. You're already ready. Man, you can have a couple of sticks. Bam, bam, bam. Boy, we're worshiping God. I can get up here with a tambourine. It wouldn't matter. But we need to understand that if your personal life, if you're not worshiping God, listen, it's going to be difficult for you to get into worship here unless we have the right bells and whistles going. That wasn't in my notes. That's all for free. <laughs> True worship. Listen, I think I skipped something already. True worship is emotional. True worship is emotional. And they worshipped him. In other words, why why do you think all of a sudden they worshipped him? Hmm? Why do you think they began to worship him? Because, you know what I've done? I got some cheap paper and it's stuck together. Man, I was almost going to the third page of my message. And I knew that is not right. First of all, they worshipped him because they knew who he was finally. I, I looked at, I looked it up. I thought, well, haven't they worshipped him before? Except this time it says they worshipped him. All of a sudden they see him going up and they had this great joy and they begin to worship him. And I thought, haven't the disciples worshipped him before? And I found one verse, one verse where they actually worshipped him. I'm thinking, really? These guys were like, man, they just had some, some, such a blindness about them that their eyes were blinded to the truth. So much of that of the three years that Jesus was with them. And, he be, and look at Matthew 14.33. It's when Jesus, when, when the waters were up and they were in the boat, Jesus had put them in the boat and he said to go to the other side. He comes out walking on the water and then the storm started starting to rise. Peter says, I want to I walk on water. He comes out and he steps out in the boat and he starts sinking. Jesus picks him up, puts him back in the boat. Remember that? And then, he, then Jesus said, peace be still, calm down, storm. And that's when they said, that's when they said, then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. That's the only mention that I could find that the disciples actually worshipped Jesus before this event at the ascension. Because all the rest of the time, they were jockeying for positions. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, my mama's going to tell you who's most important. Man, they were trying to figure out who was going to sit at his right hand and who was going to sit at his left hand. Judas was trying to figure out how he could get away with the money. Man, these guys, oh, I will not deny you, and they denied him. All these things were going on within the disciples. They weren't, they weren't in worship mode because they really, truly had never understood up until that moment that Jesus Christ really was who he said what he was, that he was the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's why, all of a sudden, they worship him. I mean, they worshipped him because of the storm. I would have worshipped him too. I would have worshipped anybody in the boat that said, stop, wind, stop, storm, stop. That was just a natural response. But when they worshipped him that day, they knew he's the king. And he's coming back. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. I didn't understand it. Remember they said they did not believe for joy? Now it says they praised him and worshipped him with great joy. Difference. There's a difference when we understand who we worship this morning. Jesus, when he met the woman at the well, said, you shall worship, 
You worshiped. He was speaking to that woman. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of, Jew, of the Jews. Listen, you've come in here this morning. You're not here to worship any other person than Jesus Christ. You're, never, you're not here to worship anyone but God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope. Now, you, did you know we've had people come in here that don't believe in Jesus that have come here and actually worshiped? They worship their other God, their own God, and speaking curses in the process while we're worshiping the one true living God. Ah, really? You think that happens? You know, don't happen. It happens. The enemy has his spies. I've told you this many times. I believe the, the most dynamic, one of the most dynamic changes in my life came when I went from singing about God to singing to God. Think about that. We are brought up, most of us are brought up on hymns. If you're what would be the age, the cutoff age for that? <laughs> 40, 50? When did contemporary music really hit the scene? In, in, in the 80s? For reals, in the 80s? Okay. So, I'm not even going to go there. But most hymns, if you go back and read them, not all of them, but most of them are written about God. And they were, teach, they were teaching songs. They were actually to, to the tune of barroom melodies. A lot of people get offended by that, but they were. Music's just music, people. Y'all hear me? Music is music. And so they were. They found these tunes and they put words to them, but not everybody had Bibles, so they would teach doctrine through the hymns, and that's cool. I still like the hymns. I still love the hymns. But for me, when I understood who I was worshiping, why I was worshiping, and then began to sing to the one I loved... Instead of about the one I loved, everything changed. Everything changed. And I believe this. Praise releases faith. I believe that there's something about stepping across the line of singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. How great is our God? How great is my God? I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. Have you crossed that line yet? I pray that... If you have it, that you will. And listen, Luke 24, 52, and they, now they worshiped him, and they returned to Jerusalem. I want you, the second thing I want you to see is that true worship leads to obedience. You can't really separate the two. I know you would like to. Maybe I would like to, but you cannot separate true worship and obedience to God. Boy, that was a weak, weak response. Oh, uh, well, I don't know about that one, Pastor. <laughs> I can worship him and be disobedient all I want. No, you can't. You're not a true worshiper then. And they worshiped him. They re Listen, they simply worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem. Why did they return to Jerusalem? Because Jesus told them to. They were obeying the God, God's word. He said, I want you to return to Jerusalem. And then he said, I want you to go there and wait. How many times did God, has he told you to do something or he's told you to wait, but you went right ahead and did your own thing. But, oh, God, I love you. I praise you. When he said, then here's, the, here's, here's God's response. If you love me and you praise me, then why don't you obey me? If you think I'm all that, then why don't you listen to me? <laughs> I love what Jack Hayford said in that, in that, in that list of video, the, the video. My life needs God's presence to work God's purpose. Listen. Harold wrote this, worship is submission and submission leads to obedience. Worshiping God without obeying God is an empty worship, a hypocritical worship. 
it doesn't mean much to God, or really, it doesn't. When you come up here, praise you, Lord, I love you. Yeah, just dancing and just dancing like David and ripping your clothes off, and then you go out here and you and you live like the devil. I'm not even winded. Seriously, y'all get what I'm saying? I listen, you can come in here and put on a show all you want. Man, you can grab a flag, you can wave a flag, you can run around this auditorium, and then if you walk out, run out to the bill out of the building and you begin to live like the devil. I'm telling you, that's a false worship. That's a hypocritical worship. True worship it will reveal your heart by the way you live, and it will result in obedience. Richard Foster said, as worship begins in holy expectancy, it ends in holy obedience. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of his mercy, in view of his mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, your reasonable service. In other translations, said, just your reasonable service, just your proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, proper worship, reasonable service, it comes out of a thanksgiving for God. It just, listen, it should be a natural result. It's like when we say we're supposed to bear fruit. It should be a natural result of our connection to the vine. That was my phone. Bulleting. Check. Ed Sutton's texting the pastor during the service. That's the elder. Okay. I don't know. You read it. I hope he's okay. Wow. Really? Okay. He's not feeling well. Well, we'll pray for Ed right now. Father, we thank you for Ed Sutton, and we just lift him up before your throne. We speak life over him today, healing and health over him today. Father, we thank you for his service to the kingdom, his service to this body of believers. We bless Ed today in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 God is at, listen, when we, when we say we surrender, I surrender all. You need to think about that. Have you surrendered? Declare it. That's great. Let's, let's declare it, but let's let that become our anthem. Let's let that become our, our application. That we, we actually do surrender all because, listen, anything that you've accumulated on your own is really is, is, is like filthy rags in God's sight. We talk about in this church that we incorporate our tithes and offerings in worship. We really do. I mean, I, God showed us that many, many, many years ago. We decided, no, we're not going to pass a plate. It should be a form of worship. It shouldn't be a form of, of guilt. Here, there's a plate. Oh, I don't have any money here. Pass it on. And, and we don't want to guilt people to give. We want them to have this cheerful heart that they want to dance up here and they want to bless this church. They want to bless the body of Christ. They want to bless the kingdom of God. And so they give. They just give because it's an overflow of the heart, just like worship should be. It's an outpouring of what God's already done in our life. Not what he's going to do, but what he's already done. 
And I love the passage in 2 Corinthians that it's the church at Macedonia. Paul's he's talking about this church in Macedonia when he was speaking to the Corinthians, the church at Corinth. And he said, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality or their freedom. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, I love this, and beyond their ability... They were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship, the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. But they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. You see, when you first give yourselves to the Lord, you've already done exa- exactly what God has called you to do as a worshiper. As If you give yourself first, so seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness, all these things. It's always about God being first. It's not about us being first. It's not about what we want to do. It's about what he wants to do in us and through us. And he really wants to move in your life in a dynamic, powerful way. And when you come to the place of surrender, when you come to the place of I give it all to him, you will see him manifest in your life. His presence will be so powerful in your life. You will see him move in ways you've never seen him move, but he's waiting for you to surrender and actually truly worship him. I love to worship the Lord. God can see if you're faking it too. Surrender is a huge part of worship. How many times, though, do we put ourselves first and God is on the back burner of our worship? Talking about our life. Now, true worship is emotional. How did the disciples worship? They worship with great joy. And they worshiped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. This means this, that they really believe Jesus rose from the dead. And they let that joy touch everything in their life. Does the joy of the Lord touch everything in your life? Do people see the joy of the Lord actually on you? Joy is an expression. Joy is jumping. Joy is raising hands. Joy is shouting. Joy is dancing. Joy is, is contemplative. Joy is, is on your face. Joy is, it can manifest in so many ways, but it's an emotion. It, it burns within us this joy that God has put in our heart. He's an all-consuming fire. He talks about that we are an aroma for him. Listen, the senses come alive when you give your life to Christ. Your hearing gets better. Your seeing gets better. Your, your, everything about you gets better. Your taste gets better. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's a, he's a God of senses. He's a God of feeling. He's a God of emotions. Again, that's what I love about this church. You get this once in a while, you get this, woo! <laughs> once in a while, you get that dance, you know. And once in a while, you get the flags. You get from the back to the front. You just get emotion. You, get, you, get, you, you, you just sense the presence of God. C.S. Lewis said, express the same delight in God that made David dance. Yeah, you say amen. You go back and read that. We're going to read it. Okay? Amen. Yeah. Not going to take my clothes off? Mm -mm. John 4, 23, 24. Another word. This passage, I'm going to keep going back to it. 
where Jesus met the woman at the well, you know, and he spoke life to her and told her about the living water. She was, she was trying to get the conversation to go a different way. She asked him about worship. But the hour, Jesus said in verse 20, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, say true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking, listen, he is seeking people to worship him. He is looking for worshipers. I pray this morning that the Father is going, hey, I see some. I've been looking for them. They're here. They're right there in Freedom Fellowship. I see, I've been seeking worshipers, and I'm, I've been seeking worshipers that would word that were, that are true, that are true worshipers. I'm seeking worshipers that worship me in spirit and in truth. That's what he's seeking. It says it right there. He's looking for worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Worship is emotional. Mary Lou and I have been reading through the Bible. We've never done this in our 43 and a half years of marriage. Read it through the Bible together. And so we started in January 1st. And, man, we're, we're plotting through some of the tough parts, you know, the begats and all the names that we can't pronounce, but we pronounce them anyway. Sometimes there might be a hundred in one, one sitting, hundred different names we'd pronounce. And all the tribes and all the begats, all these things and all the towns. Oh, my goodness. All the whales, they, they named everything. It was, it was just, you know, some of them are just the weirdest names. And it looks like, a, it sounds like Star Wars. They dog and Ziklag. Yeah, seriously. Crazy names. And we're, we're trying to navigate through that. But we're being blessed by it, aren't we? We're being blessed by it. And we just, this week, we're reading in 2 Samuel about David and, and, and restoring the ark. Saul is dead by now. And David is bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. He wants to build something other than a tent to put the ark in. And so, man, they're having a celebration. They've lined up all the singers. Go back and read it. You talk about worship. Man, they had singers. They had instruments. They had, they had cymbals. And, man, they had everybody is orderly. Everybody was coming into town. It was going to be such a magnificent, magnificent celebration of the Ark of the Covenant being brought back to the city where it belonged. Okay? And, man, it, 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 it's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. And verse 20 says, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of these base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. You know what he did? He took off his robe or whatever he wore as a, as a king, and he just began to dance in the streets. He was so excited about the Ark of the Covenant. He was so excited about doing what God called him to do. He was so excited about being the presence of God and bringing that presence in the and he just started dancing. He's the king. Kings don't do that. Kings are kingly. Right? And his ex-wife, Michael, his ex-wife, seriously, she looks at him and thinks, man, what are you doing? You're making a fool of yourself. So David said to, his, to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all in his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. In other words, you're not going to stop me from playing music before the Lord. Then he said this, and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. Have you ever been undignified before the Lord? In a congregation, <laughs> you may dance before the Lord in the shower. That's one thing. 
But I, I've seen people just, they get so excited because they're in God's presence. And, and some people have a hard time with that. They don't, uh, no, we really need to be dignified. And I've been part of the dignified church. The, the baptized in pickle juice church. I've been a part of one of those, and everybody just like stand, sit, stand, sit, sing, offering, stand, sit, prayer, stand, sit, pew, go home. I've been a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. I, I want to be able to express what God's doing in my life. I want to be able to express that he's, he took me from darkness into the light. I want to be able to express that I'm no longer a slave that I'm free in Christ. I, I want to be able to express that he, he broke the bonds. I want to be able to express that he restored my marriage. I want to be able to express that he restored my family. I want to be able to do that without being ashamed. But he said, listen, he says, I'm going to do this because I'm going to humble myself in my own sight. He said, I know I'm the king. I'm supposed to act a certain way, but I can't act that way because God has been so good to me. David knew how that rock hit Goliath. He knew it wasn't because he was that great of a, 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 a stone thrower. He knew that God directed that rock. He said, this battle belongs to the Lord. He will bring the victory today. He knew it. We Don't we know that? Don't we know that in the battles of our life, God is going to deliver us? Because he always has and he always will. Are you willing to be undignified in your worship? That doesn't mean you disrobe and become the center of attention because then it becomes performance and ugliness basically <laughs> ain't going to happen unless God were to direct me. Then I'd have a talk with him about that. <laughs> but what he's saying here is, are you willing to humble yourself before him? Because he deserves all of our praise. True worshipers, this is the last thing. True worshipers are not ashamed of Jesus. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were risking their lives, church, to go to the temple and praise God. They were risking their lives to be vocal about who Jesus was and who he is and that he's coming back. On the day of Pentecost, Peter didn't, he wasn't silent, was he? He got up and he proclaimed Jesus to all the people that killed him. He was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, nor should we be. In this day and time, more than ever, we need to be more vocal than ever about our love for Jesus not about our hatred for other things, but about our love for Jesus. Man, we sometimes, even as Christians, we start focusing on the things that we should hate. <laughs> and God says, no, focus on me. Love me. Love people. Let them see Jesus in you. That's what he wants us. That's our worship, guys. That's our worship. And at the end of this, he says, amen. The end of Luke the end of the book of Luke, he says, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. So be it. He says, Worship me. He says, Worship me without thinking about what everybody else thinks. Worship me. Worship me because I am the king. Worship me because I have done all these things for you. 
worship me. Bow before me. And when you bow before me, when you get up, obey me. Walk with me. Serve me. When Jesus responded to Satan's temptation, he said, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Worship and service go hand in hand. So you see what a true worshiper is? You know, if, if there weren't false worshipers, I don't believe Jesus would have said true worshipers. I was a, I don't know that I was a false worshiper. I was an uneducated worshiper for a long time. I was just uneducated about worship. But once I knew what worship was and I knew who I was worshiping and why I was worshiping, something changed in me. You can ask Mary Lou. Wasn't the same anymore. If you've come in here this morning, you didn't come in here with a heart to worship. Maybe it's because of your personal life you're not worshiping God. I was looking for the perfect worship song. We have a lot of awesome worship songs. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Listen to this. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow. In humble adoration, and there proclaim, come on, my God, how great thou art. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Amen, 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 amen. So be it. That's worship, church. When that's your heart, y'all just remain standing this morning. That's worship. You acknowledge who he is. Because of the way you acknowledge him for what he's done in your heart and what he's done in your life, you serve him. You serve him. And the next time you walk in these doors, your heart is ready to worship him. Don't be any fake. You won't have to be urged. Come on, people, worship. I mean, I do that all the time. I say, come on, come on. I mean, it's just like I'm at this place. I want you to be with me. I want to, come on, come on. And I don't know that we should have to do that. should be. Come on, Pastor, worship. Let's go. We serve an awesome king. Let's worship him. Let's lift his name high. Because listen, when, he, when you get this, when you really truly get what worship is, your life will never be the same. I promise you it will never be the same. Unless he just played a trick on me. It will never be the same. Because you're acknowledging who he is in your heart and your life. And he is a great God. He's a great God. He's a great king. So would you bow your heads this morning? Can we have the ministry team up here this morning? This wasn't particularly a, an evangelical mes- message at all. But yes, it kind of was too. Some of you this morning, can I just be honest with you? Some of you, yeah, the pastor shouldn't have to say that, right? the old saying, fake it till you make it. How about let's faith it till we make it. Let's not fake it anymore. He's looking for a worshiper. He's looking for true worshipers. Man, I want, if this church can be known throughout this city as a church that worships the king and they worship him in spirit and truth, you know what else they'll be saying about us? Wow, they serve the Lord. They're one of the most complete bodies of Christ that they, they seek His face. They truly, they, they truly go after Him with everything they have, and it, and it bleeds out in the community because they're the most loving church. They accept people. They, they treat people with dignity. They treat people the way Jesus has treated them. There's not one of us in here that can say I'm a perfect worshiper. But I hope you can say I worship the perfect God. And what you worship, you become. 
what you worship, who you worship, you become. He said we are, he wants us to be conformed to his image. You know the way you conform? You just keep looking at him. You keep following him. You keep listening to him. And you keep worshiping him. And one of these days you wake up going, wow, I look a lot more like Jesus today than I did five years ago or five hours ago. God's looking for true worshipers. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're about to wrap this up, but maybe you're, you found yourself just having to come in here and force yourself to worship. Today you want to dance like David danced. You want to be free of the constraints of religion. Religion that would say, no, you need to be still. You need not to raise your hands. You need to be silent. You don't sing well, so sure don't open your mouth. That's religion. That is, that is flat out religion. And if that's you this morning, you just really want to be free of that. We want to pray for you. I'm going to, just, I'm going to ask you to step out and come. While every head's bowed and every eye closed. You want to step across that sand, the line in the sand of being a casual Christian. You want to go all in with Jesus. Go all in. You've been in the you've been in the kiddie pool too long, and you want to get on the diving board and jump off into the deep end. I, I think that's a really good analogy. I think that's what I did. I stayed in the kiddie pool and I just sang my little Jesus songs. And one day I thought, man, I, I want to see what's out there. I want to get I want to get in over my head. And I'm telling you, God can, man, when you get in over your head, He's right there, and He is holding you up. So is there anybody that needs prayer this morning? You want to step across that line. You really want every, you want to give yourself to, to God fully. You don't want to hold anything back. Anybody? Step out and come. We want to pray for you. Anybody? Step out and come. Step out and come. Step out and come. We want to pray for you. Don't settle. Don't settle. Some of you don't sing because you don't think you have a good enough voice. Man, he never did say sing a good song to me. He said just make a joyful noise. He did say you had to have vocal lessons to praise him. If that's you this morning, I'm just asking you to step out and come. Maybe that's you. I just don't sing because I don't have a very good voice. Maybe you're not giving your voice totally to the Lord. He might, you might, you might knock us socks off somebody with a great singing voice if you just totally give it to the Lord. Anybody else this morning need prayer? Okay, you may be seated. 